Fasting is not just a physical discipline. It can be a spiritual feast. Gentizen Franklin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Earth Body, the podcast all about spirituality, wellness, and environmentalism, and how they are all oh so deeply connected. My name is Maya Carl, for those of you who are joining me for the first time, and I am a holistic health coach as well as a meditation teacher and public speaking teacher. I am very, very excited about this week's podcast. It is something that I've been asked lots of questions about and have experimented with myself, and I'm really, really excited to get into it, all about intermittent fasting. So before I jump into that, I just wanted to say a few quick notes. One of them is that if you've been listening to the podcast and you signed up for the Women's Vitality Summit that I am a speaker in, it's an online free summit hosted by Jana Solomon, who I've interviewed on this podcast twice now. Be sure to check your email and make sure you get the links. The interviews are amazing, all about teaching you how to amp up and maintain your own vitality. One more thing is that my online group coaching program, Eat Freely, is officially open for registration. There are only a few spots left, so if you're interested in learning how to create a healthy, loving, sustainable relationship with food in your body, please let me know and I will love to give you more details. I'll put more about that in the show notes. So, intermittent fasting. There is so much to say on this subject, so bear with me. This is going to be an info-packed podcast and I've been doing a lot of research on this as well as experimenting with it on my own. I've done that. I've done it a couple times throughout the past few years, as well as being able to see this kind of fasting from an Ayurvedic perspective. So for those of you who have not listened to previous podcasts, I will very, very briefly touch on what Ayurveda is. And what Ayurveda is, Ayurveda means the science of life. It is one of the most ancient healthcare systems in the world. Some people say it precedes Chinese medicine, and you can see a lot of similarities between the two in terms of the meridians and the marma points and all these different things. Um, And so there's a lot to say about that, and I'm going to get into that in the podcast, but I just wanted to say that I have all these different perspectives on it, including the research that I have done. So if you have any questions for me after the podcast, please feel free to reach out. It's definitely something that I have found incredibly interesting, and it's very, very popular right now. So there are many kinds of fasting. What essentially is fasting? Fasting is giving your body a break from consuming certain substances. And I'm not going to talk about all the different kinds of fasting today, although I will definitely get into that in a later podcast and ideally interview someone who knows a lot about all the different kinds of fasting in terms of the religious reasons and maybe some other kinds of fasting in terms of using juices or um, water. And I can talk a little bit about my own experience with that. But today we're going to focus on intermittent fasting. And this came about because I put a poll on Facebook seeing what people wanted to learn about and overwhelmingly between this and sustainable living intermittent fasting one. So we're going to talk about one of the current world's most popular health and fitness trends. Intermittent fasting is not a diet. It's not even a way of eating. 
In fact, it's an approach to eating or a pattern. There are many ways to do it, which I will get into in a moment. And I want to say before we do this that intermittent fasting is not for everyone. There are ways to fast that can definitely be beneficial to just about everyone, but this is not for everyone. Coming from a background of disordered eating and having a difficult relationship with food, I can say right up front that anyone who has experienced that wants to be very careful with fasting. And I'll tell you why in a little bit, but just remember that just because this is a very popular thing in the media, a lot of celebrities swear by it, a lot of people are talking about it in the fitness world, it is not for everyone. So remember that as you listen to the podcast, there are many benefits, but there are drawbacks, and I will talk about all of those. So intermittent fasting cycles between periods of fasting, so not consuming anything that's calorically dense, and eating. And there are a few common ways of doing that. And there are many benefits that have been proven, but before I tell you about any of this, people have been fasting for hundreds of thousands of years. It is a religious practice for some people, and some cultures and groups, um, but it also is something that people had to do a long time ago. So when we were in a hunter-gatherer society, we didn't always have constant access to food. So our bodies were naturally fasting some of the time. We just didn't have the food, so we weren't even trying to, but our bodies were, in a way, not getting the calories that we normally would. And it's pretty interesting because people are, you know, seeing it as this this big fitness trend, but in reality, our bodies are kind of already set up for this in a way. And if you think about it, you know, when people were in that kind of life, when we didn't have refrigerators, when we didn't have this year-round access to certain foods, people just weren't eating as much. Some common religions that practice fasting are Islam, Christianity, Judaism, and Buddhism, all for different reasons, all in different times and for different um, celebrations and for grieving and for different reasons in that way. Um, But it's never become so prevalent in our society as it is right now in terms of the popularity of this approach to eating. So I'm sure you've heard a little bit about it, but I'm going to talk about some of the different methods of this intermittent fasting. So there's the 16-8 method, and that is also called the lean gains protocol. And what that involves is essentially not having breakfast or not breaking your fast until later in the day and restricting the daily eating period to about eight hours. So between like 12 and 8, 1 and 9, things like that. And you fast for 16 hours in between. So the fasting part is 16. The eating window is 8. This is what a lot of people are doing lately, especially in the fitness industry and just in the fitness world, in the health world. And I'm going to talk about all the benefits in just a moment, but I want to share with you the different kinds. 
Then there's also the eat, stop, eat method. This involves fasting for a total of 24 hours once or twice a week. So compared to the 16-8 method, you're not doing that every day, but you are taking a full 24 hours to not eat. So for example, not eating dinner one day, eating dinner and then not eating until dinner the next day. This can be very difficult for a lot of people because we have our lives, we're doing things, we're active and restricting ourselves for that long can be very difficult. Then there's the 5-2 diet, which you consume 500, between 500 and 600 calories on two non-consecutive days of the week, but eat normally the other five days. So you're consuming the normal amount of calories that you would. Again, I have a disordered eating background. I don't count calories. This is not something, these are not all things that I recommend. I just want to inform you that there are different ways to do this. Um... So you eat like you normally would five days out of the week and two days out of the week, not one after the other. You're only consuming five to 600 calories. Another way is alternate day fasting. And this means a complete avoidance of solid foods on the fasting days, while other people sometimes allow up to 500 calories like the 5-2 diet. Um, And on what they call the feeding days, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes right now, um, people often eat as much as they want. So these are a couple of the ways and there are a couple more. Give me one second. I got some notes here because I want to make sure you guys get all of the good stuff. La la la. Okay. So. We have those. So we have the 16-8 method, the eat, stop, eat, the 5-2, alternate day fasting. And these have benefits. And so again, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but there have not been a lot of human studies on this kind of fasting. I'm going to say that again. There have not been a lot of long-term human studies on this kind of fasting. A lot of the studies that have been done on this kind of fasting have been done on mice or rats. And even though that can be pretty indicative of how it is going to affect human bodies because we have very similar systems, oddly, um, they are. it's not always telling of what the true result will be for us. So some of these methods that I just mentioned are pretty extreme. Again, this is not for everyone. Remind yourself of that. It is. It may not be a sustainable way for many people to, to live because it puts a lot of restriction in the mind and in the body. And that can be very dangerous, again, especially for people who have experienced any kind of disordered eating, any binge and restrict cycling, things like that. So how does this affect our body? So some of the studies have shown that the levels of HGH, I'm sure you've heard of HGH if you are a gym rat, um, skyrocket and increase as much as five-fold. So HGH helps us burn fat. Um, It's an integral part of working out and and what our body produces in terms of weight loss. Um, It can improve insulin sensitivity 
and lower the levels, um, make stored body fat more accessible. It can aid in cellular repair. And this is what I want, I'm want. i going to talk a lot about in a little bit in terms of giving the body a rest and the more spiritual aspect of it because intermittent fasting, again, like I said before, has been done religiously for a very long time. It's very popular in the yogic community um, to do it at least once a week or to you know minimize what you're consuming at least once a week. Um, it can change the function of genes related to longevity and protection against disease. And... On the flip side, some of the drawbacks are having low energy. Your fasting means that you are not eating the typical amount of calories that your body is used to getting. And when we're not giving our bodies that nourishment, that fuel, there are things that happen as a result of that. It takes our body a bit to get used to a different way of eating. And low energy can be a result of that, especially if... One, you're not doing it correctly in that you're, you know, fasting for far too long or when you are eating in that window or on that day, you're not getting the nutrients that you need. It can lead to low energy. If you have, like I said, again, experienced any kind of disordered eating, it can really get in the way of you listening to your own hunger cues. So, Fasting, again, it's become a trend and people are trying it and people are also starving and not listening to their bodies and waiting until that that window opens for them to eat or that time for them to eat and then they gorge themselves. And that's not healthy either. That doesn't help the body. It can also cause, like I was saying, with a low energy, if you're not getting the proper nutrition, it can cause really, really intense cravings. Because if you are eating less, you still need to be eating nutrient-dense food. And that was one of the questions that um, a dear friend of mine had asked when I told him I was doing this podcast was, what do I eat when I'm not fasting? And my, what I, a big take home, if you are going to try intermittent fasting, please make sure that when you are eating, you're eating things that are very nourishing, whole foods, not processed stuff not just quick grab and go stuff, that you're eating foods that are really nourishing your body, that are colorful, that vary um, season to season. We have to make sure that we're getting proper nutrition if we're not eating as often. Um, And something I did find in my research was to note that the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, a governing body, but not, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, um, does not recommend intermittent fasting, mainly for the fact that what I mentioned before is that the science is lacking. So there really hasn't been, like I said, long-term research on that. So just remember that when you hear about these trends and these things, that if it's not, I mean, I am will be the first one to say that just because it's not scientifically sound doesn't mean that it's not true, but there is not a lot of research supporting it. So I want to talk a little bit about the weight loss aspect because a lot of people try intermittent fasting for this reason. And here's the realities with intermittent fasting and weight loss. So you are generally going to be eating fewer calories because you're in any of those cases, you're either reducing calories or you're completely cutting out at least one meal, if not two. And as we kind of know, I hope that 
calorie input and output when we're really trying to lose weight, there sometimes needs to be a deficit of calories um, and we need to be burning more. Again, there are healthy ways to do this. You don't have to completely restrict yourself. I'm very against restriction. It has nothing to do with intuitive eating, which I'm very, very much a proponent of, which is just listening to your body. Um, but that is a reality is that when you when you are fasting, you are generally consuming less calories. So it changes both sides of that equation. Um there have been a lot of studies, but it's more experience-based. Again, these are not long-term. Um, and one of the positive ways that fasting can assist in weight loss, but not, not directly having weight loss be the goal, is by giving our body a rest. Some of the other benefits is that it helps to remove toxins and poisons from the body. Because when we're giving our body a rest from digesting constantly, it's able to help heal other parts of the body. And I'm going to say a lot more about that in a moment. It can help rejuvenate our energy. Because again, when we're not focusing all of our body's energy on digesting, we're able to focus it elsewhere. It can help us generally feel lighter and fresher. I mean, how many of you have eaten, you know, a heavy meal day after day and you just kind of feel weighed down and sluggish? And I know especially after the holidays, a lot of people feel like they want to kickstart their diet. And maybe that's why a lot of people have tried intermittent fasting because it really does give your body a break from constantly consuming. Um, it can expedite the removal of waste from the bowels, kidneys, skin and lungs and all your other body systems. Because again, I'll say one more time that when our bodies are not focusing on digesting food, we can really help heal and detoxify a lot of our other organs. And that is a huge, huge benefit and in turn can contribute to weight loss or weight maintenance because a lot of times what happens is when we're constantly eating and when we're eating things that don't digest easily, there's a toxic buildup in the body and our and our bodies aren't fully digesting that food and it can turn into fat. Just looking at my notes. Um, it can also reduce inflammation in the body. Again, I've known from my own experience with intermittent fasting and just fasting in general that my body, if I'm eating things that do cause inflammation, um, whether it be processed food or any of the the foods. I mean, I don't I don't eat dairy or meat or or things that are generally um, inflammatory to the body, other than some processed foods. Um, but reducing that and and giving the body a break and allowing it to process what's already inside of you can reduce inflammation. Um, my mom can help with brain health. And it can actually be kind of a, an anti-aging tool. And I'll explain this a little more. So I want to talk about the perspective of this kind of fasting and just fasting in general in terms of Ayurveda. So bear with me. I'm going to use some Sanskrit terms. Um, okay. So in Ayurveda, so much of what this entire ancient healthcare system is based on is digestion. And 
the ancient Vedas saw digestion, our digestion, as like a fire. So they called it Agni, A-G-N-I, our digestive fire. That is what helps transform and transmute our food into our skin, our hair, our nails, our thoughts, our feelings, all these things, right? So we think of, visualize this fire inside of you, right? So we want that fire to be burning bright, not too bright and not too dull, but we want it to be burning regularly and bright. And when we consume a lot of food and a lot of heavy food and a lot of heavy food, often it's like dumping a bunch of water on our fire or even just smothering it with logs. So when we decide to take a break, that fire is able to burn up what's what's on the fire. It doesn't it doesn't completely die out. It's never completely dead until we are. Um, but sometimes it needs some help being stoked and it needs us to take a break from throwing logs on the fire. And when we fast, like I just said, it gives the fire an opportunity to come back to burn up what's already there so that it can get ready to process anything else that we want to put on it. So we want this fire to be, to be active. And contrary to another fitness trend, which in fitness and nutrition trend, which I've heard a lot about over the past few years, which I've experimented with, and that does not work for me. It may work for some people. Again, I'm a holistic health coach. I see everyone as very different. Everyone's body is very different. Everyone has very different needs in terms of their diet and lifestyle choices. But another very popular fitness and nutrition trend is eating like every two, two and a half, three hours and snacking and grazing throughout the day. And the issue with this from an Ayurvedic perspective is that you are constantly throwing things on the fire. You're kind of overloading it. And you think that would be good, right? That would keep the fire going, but the fire needs a chance to break down what's on top of it, what's already inside of you. Your body needs time to do that. And it takes anywhere between four and six hours for people's digestive systems to do that. Some people have faster metabolisms than others, so it's more like four hours. Other people have slower ones, which I've been working on amping up mine. Um, so mine, you know, I, I feel like it takes about four or five, five and a half, six hours sometimes for me to be empty and ready to consume again. So we want to be mindful of this. We want to be mindful of how much and how often we're putting things into our body. And fasting can really, really provide some some space for us to do that. And that's where the spiritual aspect kind of comes into play because everything that I've read recently and have learned about fasting in the past is that when our bodies aren't constantly trying to digest food, we have this lightness and this this pureness about us and we're able to connect with ourselves more and in a different way. That's why a lot of monks and yogis experience fasting or experiment with fasting and have it as a part of their daily life because it allows our minds to be a little more clear. All of our systems in our bodies are connected. So when we are not, I'm going to probably say this like three more times in this podcast, but when our bodies are not focusing on digesting food, other parts of our bodies can heal. 
we can become more in tune with our intuition. And I'm not saying starve yourself to become in tune with your intuition. That's not at all what I'm saying. We all need to eat. We all need to eat regularly. But giving ourselves a break every so often can be hugely beneficial. And even if you're trying the 16-8 method or the, the lean gains protocol, I encourage you to not do that every single day because our bodies our bodies need a rest, but not that much. And again, I say that, but everyone's body is different. So going into this, if you're going to experiment with it, just be very, very mindful what your intentions are. And this is where my background in disordered eating comes in because I will not, absolutely not recommend this kind of eating to anyone, any of my clients who I know have hard issues with food. Because if you go into intermittent fast, intermittent fasting, I'm not articulating, um, intermittent fasting with this mindset of weight loss, you know, like I'm, I'm skipping meals, I'm starving myself, I'm restricting, that has a very, very high potential of causing a binge and restrict cycle. You don't want, if you're going to do intermittent fasting, you don't want to be binging during the time that you're actually eating because that defeats the purpose. You're overloading your system with food and it's taking a lot, a lot, a lot of energy to break that down and that completely defeats the purpose. So be very mindful of what your intention is going into this. I know for myself that as I've been healing my own digestion, it has been very helpful for me every so often to do the 16-8 protocol. Um, and I kind of do it unconsciously because I'm just kind of listening to my body. I don't eat breakfast very often. I usually have a pretty hearty uh, adult hot cocoa is what I call it. It's like a, it's like basically a chocolate chai um, that I make myself, but that's typically what I consume first thing in the morning. And I mean, first thing in the morning is that sometimes at like 10, 11 o'clock and then I'll eat lunch. And that's like really my first meal of the day. That's when I break my intentional or unintentional fast. So as you're trying to experiment with this or learning more about it, really get a hold on what your intention is with doing it. Because I, I again, do not want anyone to experiment with this who has a very difficult relationship with food because it will just make it more complicated. So in that same vein, I did some research and this came up with like, who should not fast? <laughs> I think that it can be beneficial for everyone to do it at a certain point in their lives, a certain time when you're ready, but it's definitely not for everyone, like I said in the beginning. If you're underweight or have any kind of history with disordered eating, you shouldn't fast unless you consult, you know, a therapist, a health professional, your doctor, you know, be very, very mindful about this process. This is not something to really mess around with. Um, something that also came up in terms of questions was men versus women. Um, I had someone pose a question that they saw things concerning women's health and intermittent fasting. And again, like I said earlier, there has been such little research done on humans, like long-term research with this kind of fasting. But what they did see in some animals was that um, it had a 
less positive effect on the female rats. Again, these are rats, not humans. Um, than it did on the men in terms of uh, it can change our hormones a little bit. It can cause, they said some of the rats became emaciated, but I guess, the, I mean, that's a lot of starving. It's a lot of restricting. Um, you should definitely not fast if you're trying to become pregnant, pregnant or breastfeeding. Those women need a lot of calories to produce milk and to, you know, have a healthy pregnancy. It's not a time to restrict at all. Um, it can, in, in the rats, like I was saying before, it can cause some, it caused some of the female rats to miss their cycles. Um, and that can be detrimental, especially if you've had any issues with hormonal stuff in the past, um, just to be very, very mindful about it and to not make it a daily practice and to do it when you really feel your body needs it. So women should definitely be a little more careful um, in terms of doing it on a regular basis. So just be just be mindful of that, ladies who are listening. Um, I really want this to be a good practice for you if you feel like you want to try it, but I also want you to be very mindful and respectful and loving and honoring of your bodies. Starving yourself is not the key. Um, and although it sounds like that's what the different kinds of intermittent fasting are, it is not if you go into it with the right intention. Uh, a couple other questions that people have asked me about it is, can I drink liquids during the fast? Yes. Uh, you definitely should, <laughs> no matter what. Um, drinking water is really key. It can really help in the process of healing and detoxification in the body while you're fasting. Our bodies need water to lubricate our joints, our organs, um, really every part of ourselves and can be a key in the detoxification process and the healing process. Um, coffee and tea are also permitted. Black coffee, though, you don't want to be adding any high-calorie creamers or sugar, things like that. That kind of defeats the purpose. Um, so just basically anything that does not have, that's that's ba basically anything that's non-caloric. Um, and, of course, everyone is going to do this differently. If you're fasting and you use coffee and you just can't have your coffee without a little bit of cream or sugar, it's not going to completely throw your body off, but it will activate your metabolism in a similar way that some foods do. Um, some people, I've heard this a lot, especially this is very generational in a way and also cultural, um, but people being concerned about skipping breakfast. So I know at least for myself that I was taught my entire life that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And it is. And I came across this thing on Instagram and also doing my research, um, a doctor talking about how, yes, breakfast is the more, most important meal of the day and it's not at the same time. And what she meant by that was that, yes, when you break your fast, it is crucial to get good foods into your body. But when that happens is really up for debate. And I think that many of us have been indoctrinated with this idea that we need to be eating first thing in the morning or, you know, at least in between like seven and nine or seven and 10 o'clock breakfast needs to happen. That's not necessarily the case. I usually don't eat any solid food until 
12, 1, and my body feels great. And that's good. Some people cannot do that. Some people need to eat first thing in the morning and you have to listen to your body when that happens. Do not continue a fast if you are literally starving. That's not not good. That causes lots of cycles of restriction and potentially binging because your body is kind of fighting its natural instinct. And then when you finally get food, it's like, oh my God, this primal part of our brain goes into overdrive and is like, I need to get as many calories as I can inside of me because I've been restricting myself. So it's not unhealthy to skip breakfast, but when you do break your fast or to skip that breakfast time that we think we have, but when you do break your fast, it's very important to get good nutrient-dense food into your body. Um, People have asked if you can take supplements while fasting. Uh, yes, you can. They're not calorically dense and some people, you know, like vitamins and stuff. Be mindful though, because a lot of those supplements will say take with food because they can upset your stomach if there's not that cushion in your belly. Um, and some they, you know, there's fat soluble vitamins and there's water soluble vitamins and fat soluble vitamins are obviously going to work better and absorb better if there's a fat that you're consuming, So just be mindful when you're taking them. You also don't want to upset your stomach if you are doing an extended fast. Um, And some vitamins and supplements can do that. Another thing that people have been very curious about and is also very prevalent in the fitness world and just the health health and wellness world in general is people wondering if they can work out while they're fasting. Yes, you can work out while you're fasted. uh, Fasted fasting. Um, and it can actually be really beneficial because during that time, if you are fasting, your body is not using the food that's in your stomach. It makes, um, fat more readily available to be consumed as energy in your body while you're working out. Um, I know for myself personally, I like working out first thing in the morning or moving, you know, whether that means walking or running or doing yoga or anything like that. And personally, I don't feel good having stuff in my belly when I am exercising or doing any kind of movement, at least first thing in the morning. Um, And but some people, if they go to the gym without having something beforehand, they will faint or be grumpy. So throughout all of this, throughout everything I've said so far and will continue to say, you must listen to your body. You have to get in tune with that before you do any kind of experimenting like this because your body is going to tell you what is okay and what is not okay. And if you ignore that, then things start to get a little wacky. Um, And so what I was talking about before with metabolism, another question was, will fasting slow down my metabolism? So... Contrary to popular popular belief in that you have to continue to eat to keep your metabolism going, giving yourself that time in between meals and not snacking all the time actually can increase your metabolism. If you are fasting for a very, very long time, like doing a, a multiple day fast, this is not intermittent fasting, but it can suppress the metabolism because your body is trying to conserve its energy because it thinks that you, you know, you're in a famine. So just be mindful, mindful about that. 
So getting started with fasting, again, always figure out what your intention is with it. I will probably continue to say this and will impress upon you that I do not, do not, do not advise anyone who has is struggling with disordered eating or is really still in recovery um, and feels sensitive to the idea of skipping meals. I really want you to listen to your body. This is so, so crucial. Um, figuring out what works for you if you wanted to try the the 5-2 or the 16-8 or whatever it is. And ideally talking to your doctor or your health coach or your dietitian or your nutritionist so they can help you gauge what is best for you and then what to eat in those windows. Very, very important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Intermittent fasting. Um, and when you begin and when you try this all out, really, really tune in. It is a moment-to-moment check-in with your body to see what you need. You do not need to make this a daily practice. You don't even need to try this, but having this knowledge is beneficial. And uh, the quote that I shared in the beginning is that, you know, fasting is not just a physical discipline. It's a, It can be a spiritual feast. And I do believe that. I, I have experienced more clarity when I've been in periods of fasting and when I've experimented with it for longer periods of time, it really does provide this kind of mental clarity because you really are giving your body a chance to focus on healing different aspects of yourself and even just mentally focusing and thinking and getting in touch with your intuition can be a little easier sometimes if your mind and your body are not bogged down by a ton of food. So that is the gist and what I have learned and researched about intermittent fasting. I apologize if it was a little all over the place, but to just sum it up really quick, there are definite benefits to fasting. Not for everyone though. (laughs) If you're going to experiment with it, be mindful of your intention, check in with a health professional, figure out what way is right for you, Do not deprive yourself if you are really in a restrictive state. That is not the point of doing this. It is mainly to give your body a break so it can heal. Like I was talking about with the Agni, you want to let your body burn up what's on the fire so it can be ready to burn up and transmute that beautiful food into your skin, your hair, your nails, your bones, your organs, your thoughts, your feelings. Food is such an incredible thing, but we have to see it as the sacred practice and we don't have to fast. I mean, this is just, I, I wanted to learn more about this and I wanted to share more about it with you because I know many people are curious about experimenting with it. So that is my two cents, my five cents, my 10 cents. I know I've spoke a lot about this so far, but I really want to make sure that you go into this if you are trying it with the right intention. I know I've said it like 10 times, but please, if you are just looking for another way to lose weight, this is not the answer. Fasting is not the answer to weight loss. It is the answer to gaining more mental clarity, more physical lightness, um, healing your digestion, healing other organs in your body by giving your body a break. 
again, coming from a background of disordered eating and someone who especially struggled with binge eating, this can be very helpful if you are in the process of constantly consuming, but I don't want you to do it if you are really struggling because it will just add to the struggle and has the potential to create, again, another cycle of restricting and binging and hopefully not purging, but that can be part of the process if that is your your issue with food. So thank you all so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I hope that you learned a little bit more about intermittent fasting. And if you want to experiment with it, let's talk about it. Please feel free to reach out. Again, this is something that should be done with proper intention and the right mindset with the right goals around it, not something that should be done out of desperation or with a specified goal of weight loss. Okay? So thank you all again so much. I really appreciate you tuning in and I look forward to sharing more and more and more with you. Please feel free to share feedback with me. I always want to know what was beneficial for you, what was not, how I can do things differently, what you want to learn about. I share this for myself and for you. So have a wonderful rest of your day, week, year, life.